You are listening to Behind the Horse's Eyes on the Illiterate Podcast Network. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Behind the Horse's Eyes. I am always your humble host, Ryan. Thank you so much for being patient. I know this episode is late. Trust me, I've laid awake, worried about trying to get this episode out. And I was very close to having to do a solo episode this week. But I've been trying to get this guest on for a while now. And we played tag all last week and this week. And I finally, finally found the time and she found the time that we we could actually get together and uh, do this interview and i have the one and only east texas goat witch herself miss tiktok famous uh liz on and uh, we talk a little homesteading and we are planning another episode that we can get together and and talk horses because she is a horse owner and she's been a horse owner for a while Um, but this episode here is more about what she does as a homesteader and her relationship with her animals, and all of that. And again, I apologize that this is a late episode. I'm going to do better, I promise. But without further ado, here's Liz. We are joined today by TikTok's own East Texas Goat Witch, my favorite homesteader, Liz. Liz, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Just quilting and enjoying the goats playing out the window right now. It seems like we have been playing tag for a month now. Uh, yeah, I think coming up on three weeks, but you know, it's it's February, so time doesn't matter. Well, it does uh, here. It's, war- it's, it's warm here. I need all my time here. Uh, that's true. That's true. But. So, um, so for those that don't know you, you tell us a little about yourself, especially uh, specifically um, what you're doing social media wise. So social media wise, it's just posting random stuff. I wouldn't say I have any particular niche, but I do homestead. So right now I'm actually homesteading full time. Um, I make heirloom quality quilts. I raise goats and use their milk to make, um, you know, very simple, but good quality goat milk soap um and i manage my dad's cattle herd with my own animal population at my specific homestead is about 120 so i have my hands full it's it's like being a single parent <laughs> yeah that's that's a full-time job 120 head of anything is a full-time job just about <laughs> oh yeah lots of hungry yeah. mouths so what what got you particularly into homesteading 
So I've always been very um, independent. I actually grew up in California where, you know, the pioneer spirit is still loud and proud, um, all manifest destiny and all that. And so my parents raised us with the self-reliant aspect, even though we lived in a city, we had a vegetable garden and we had chickens and fruit trees. So just doing as much as you could, because you never know when those easily gained resources might be snatched away, especially in uncertain terms like times like now, it's good to have that backup. But also, I, um, this might sound terrible, I'm not the biggest fan of people. <laughs> um, I can't really blame you there. Like, I'm not, uh, you know. But it's, I think there's definitely, you, you have country folks and you have city folks, and there's city folks who thrive on that chaos and that, that just that thrill of people and then there's people who are like us I'm like no let's just hang out with the horses and the goats like that's that's cool that's that's um, that's, that's me that's my uh that's my friday or saturday night is yeah. let's just pull up some chairs uh set a barrel on fire mm-hmm. and oh, yeah have a few adult beverages and converse uh you know fellowship that's to me yes. that's the best that is the that's a whole lot better than going out to a bar or a club or what and it's a whole lot cheaper oh yeah and less chance of getting in trouble cheaper yeah the um i think a lot of people these days which i know there was a big push a few years ago there was a lot of people getting into homesteading for mm-hmm. a lot of reasons like you said um <laughs> be it you know they it, the changing of the times and i was always one of those people that interested me but I never took it super seriously, mm-hmm. you know, um, until recently when I started noticing that when people used to say, what are you going to do in the grocery store shelves are bare? And I'm like, well, they'll never be bare. And then, you know, I go to the grocery store and there's whole sections of aisles that are bare. Yes. And even just the little staples, I've I've learned that if there's anything that you can do for yourself, it means you're able to do more for others. So like just with the bread, I remember when this whole pandemic started that just the bread was gone and that I learned how to make my own bread and was giving it at that time giving it away to neighbors and such that more of just kind of like a hey I'm in the neighborhood (laughs) but since then people have been like we really like that recipe so every once in a while I'll get a request for a loaf from a neighbor and like easy five bucks right there because it's like good hearty challah bread with eggs and oil so it's Delicious. So you're you're already set up for any kind of snowstorm in the south. You've got milk and bread. You can have your milk sandwich and you'll be you'll be good to go. Well, p- pretty much. But the, the the milk is seasonal on my little goats. It's it's I don't keep them in milk all year cuz that's man, that's a that's a butt whoop in nursing or a milking goats at 6 a.m. in the morning. Um and I'm not an early bird. But yeah, definitely eggs. I am set for eggs anytime. I get about two dozen to thirty eggs a day, so that, I'm set there. Yeah, it sounds like us. I'm I'm giving more eggs away than I'm eating at this point. We mm-hmm. have we have Morans and they lay all year with mm-hmm. no special requirements, and we have about a hundred of them. Oh my goodness! Yeah, there's about a hundred Morans and then probably seventy ducks. I've just started calling restaurants and bakeries, and I mean, even in my small town, we have over a dozen restaurants and things that use them. I just started like, hey, do you want them? You know, do you need them? I'll sell them even like wholesale pricing, selling them right now for $2 a dozen. Well, and I try to get my, I try to get my dad to do that. You know, the ducks are his 
and mm-hmm. he's got dozens and dozens of duck eggs, and they're still laying. Like his ducks are laying right now, and I'm, you know, and they're not good cornbread because they'll just make a cornbread like a cake, and yeah. it's just really fluffy. And I told him, I said, you know, there's a, all these um, small bistro type bakeries around. Mm-hmm. I said, you might want to talk to them. I said, and see if they want duck eggs. I said, because a lot of bakers prefer a duck egg, you know, mm-hmm. and cakes and stuff. And uh, yeah, I'll think about it. Because once you make it a business, it's not nearly as much fun. Let's be real. No. He likes getting his eggs and he likes giving them away to his friends. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it is what it is at, at, at that point with him. <laughs> he, he just enjoys having them. I, I try to have as little to do with his ducks as possible. The ducks are messy. I'm If I go any more waterfowl, I'm just going to go geese because geese, you can graze them like cattle. They're so much easier um, and they take yeah. care of themselves. So we have two geese, two Canadians. Oh, yeah. And uh, they just walk around all day grazing until uh, one of the barn cats comes up, and then they turn into straight attack goose. Oh yeah, oh um, yeah. So Danger they beat guns. up they beat up some some calves the other day. Oh my, yeah. My two little I, Holsteins. Yeah. My my gander George, he'll go beat up. He's now a a yearling, my Holstein steer, and he'll go whack him on the nose if he's getting too close to the food. I'm like. You got y'all got to settle it out. I'm not jumping in there. <laughs> yeah, his um one of them doesn't hang out with the other goose. He hangs out with a Muscovy duck. Oh. He, he paired up. He paired up with a big Muscovy drake, and the Muscovy just him and the Muscovy just walk around. The female goose, she's mm-hmm. just I, I don't know. She's just a loner. She's an independent woman. I can she's, relate. To that. She is uh Liz as a goose. I I will take it. I will take uh, it. I love it. So speaking of animals, what is your interaction with your animals? I know you're obviously, you know, you're milking some of your goat goats. And I'm I'm sure you're you're slaughtering and, and stuff too, correct? And butchering yes. your birds. I actually have not had to buy any meat in over a year now. I take that buck. I bought some chicken nuggets the other day, but it was a moment of weakness. But um I process my own chickens. Um I raise up a, a set of chicks every year. I just put seventy eggs in the incubator. And then I will go sell off the hens, maybe keep a few for the replacement. Um, but then I eat the roosters when they come of age. They all go in the freezer. Um, same with the boy ducks. Um, the steers or any male goat kids. So it's not the best to be a boy at Fox Run. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, if, if, you don't, if you're not making babies, you're getting put in the freezer. So, uh but um, pretty much anything that isn't making more little animals goes in the freezer. Um, but I do have my pets, too. I have two wonderful large guardian dogs, the Great Pyrenees mixes. Um, I have a Holstein steer that I was mentioning. He's being raised up for meat, and he is uh, my first bottle calf. So he's got a little place in my heart, and he's the cutest little pot roast you'll ever see. Um <laughs> But I do have some pet goats, too. I have Navi, like the little Zelda fairy character, and she is my pride and joy, if not my largest source of headache, because she, I can't find a fence to keep her in. And that's... Oh, she's I an escape artist. Yes, yeah, she's just a little goat Houdini, and I, I, I don't understand it. But luckily, the neighbors love her. Um, she'll go up and sleep on their porch, and now she's got a baby, so the baby kind of ties her down a little bit better. But... um. Yeah, everything everything carries its weight, um, except Navi. Navi's the only one allowed to slack off because she's cute. <laughs> and and you do have a horse too, correct? I do, I do. She is 19 years old now, almost 20, 
and she doesn't live with me. She lives with my parents, but they're only about a mile down the road. So I see her three or four times a week um, because my mom has a horse named Buddy and Buddy needed a buddy. So um, when I was not quite as secure in my homestead, um, they took the opportunity like, hey, we'll take the horses off our hands because they don't have any animals. So they get to go be fat pasture pets over at their place and she gets to live out retirement. But she and I, we went through the trenches together to say the least. Um, I was a green rider when I moved to Texas. I've been in Texas for 10 years and my first summer job here in Texas right after high school, I saved up um, all summer to buy two things. I bought a car and I bought a horse. So I was either, either way I was going to get where I needed to go. That isn't that like the uh, the Texas thing to do? Is it you? I think it is. Yeah, it Either, wasn't a truck though. I didn't get by a truck, but I got the horse at least. Oh yeah, you you got the yeah. That's the Texas thing is you you got to buy the biggest truck in your budget and a horse. Yep, yep. But um, she was green broke herself, so we kind of just learned how to ride together, and we worked together. Um, it was strictly pleasure riding. It wasn't any type of cattle work. Um, just my little pony and me running That's, around the county roads. Yeah, you're one of the few people that works out for, like, you know, because most of us that are in the, the horse industry, like, we, we always tell people, listen, if you're green and the horse is green, that is, you know, that that's that's not good. Let's let's not do that. Let's not put oh, that yeah. together because it, it hardly ever works out for the person. And the only thing they accomplish is uh, hospital debt. Um, well, and. See, we don't believe in hospitals, so that's the only reason I don't have hospital debt. Because she, <laughs> I have gotten thrown and fallen off. I broke my tailbone um, one time because someone, one of her paddock mates, came up and bit her on the butt when I had her um, boarded somewhere else, and so I toppled off. Um, I've got damage in my lower back, my shoulder, my hip, um, buckled, fractured both my wrists. I mean, so I've I've definitely gone through uh, several tumbles, but the only reason we worked was she's lazy, so she doesn't want to get up and gallop and buck around, and um, I'm really stubborn, and apparently I bounce off the ground very well, so that's that's the secret to success in our case. I I used to do that. I used to be able to bounce really good. That's why I get all these young gals now to uh, to jockey for me. So I just own them. They can show them. And, uh, yeah, because that ground gets harder and harder as the years go by. Oh, it does. It does. And and you just start hurting for no reason. Oh, For no yeah. reason at all. I woke up this morning. Why does my back hurt? <laughs> yeah, I, or you, I wake up and I'm like, why does this hurt? And then I remember something I did the day before and I'm like, oh, that, that. Oh, yeah. You know, then, then you're like, that wasn't even strenuous. What happened? Mm-hmm. Just those little muscles that if you don't use them all the time, they just start screaming at you yeah, the I next got, day. So yeah, it's um yeah, I wish uh, I wish I didn't have to accumulate hospital debt, but I had a I had a I had a TBI and I'm still paying for that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've had one from issues. I've had several concussions from the horses and just life, and uh, I probably not di- I mean not diagnosed like yours, but definitely it you feel it any yeah. day that it's on you feel it the days. The you know that's that's something I don't think a lot of people understand is this the amount of sacrifice and work that goes into farming or homesteading doesn't really matter 
from growing vegetables to raising livestock, I, I think a lot of people that aren't in that world uh, really take for granted the work that goes into it. They don't understand the dangerous aspect. Being a farmer is actually in the top three most dangerous careers. It's up there with law enforcement and military mm -hmm. um, service because we are working with heavy equipment. We are working with very fast moving equipment with animals. Um, cows kill more people every year than sharks. Oh, yeah, I believe that. But I mean, just from being kicked, I mean, I had my nose broken from a calf, and I was very fortunate mm -hmm. that it was so minor. But you get kicked by a full-grown cow in the face, um, you might not wake up from that. Oh, no. So, funny story, and it is yes. funny. And uh, if uh, – I'll try to word this in a way for anybody that's got small children listening so it's not so obvious. But uh, so I had a friend of mine who was going to try his – and. This is not a story about me. If anybody's thinking it's me, it's no. Sure. I, I, I grew sure up, it's not. It's your friend. I grew up with cows from the time that I could walk. So I, I understood this when when the first time it happened to me. But I had a buddy of mine a few years ago. He said, I'm going to get some bottle calves. And uh, I said, well, I said, you know, you can go around to most of the dairies. I said, sometimes I'll even give them to you. I said, you know, depending yeah, on. That's how I got hurt. Yeah. I, I bought my two. And the only reason I bought them was because a guy delivered them for me. But um, yeah. the. Uh, so he goes and, and I don't know how he ended up with it, but he ended up with two bottle uh, host, um, Herefords. And I was jealous because I love Herefords. Herefords mm -hmm. are some of my favorites. But um, ah, see, I love Herefords. I love Herefords and I love Baldies, but that's because I think they're part Hereford, aren't they? Yeah, black Baldies. That's technically what we run is a black Angus Hereford cross, but I'll let you continue on. Yeah. So we, so you get these and they're, they're adorable and they're oh. like, they're like, yeah, they're like five days old. So he, yeah. So he gets these two little bull calves and he, uh, I go with him. He gets them. I help him get them back to his place. And we just, you know, they're, they're laying down in the trailer at four days old. So we just pick them up, you know, and carry them, you know, where we take them just cradled, you know, in our arms. Yeah. We set them down. And, uh, I said, well, I said, you know, you can just use regular milk replacer at this point. I said, I'm sure they've already got colostrum. The guy guaranteed they had had colostrum. So I'm showing him how to mix a bottle. And before I could get out of my mouth, hey, make sure you brace it against the side of your stomach or your leg, not in your groin. He gets a nose punch. And uh, ends up in the emergency room because it, it ruptured something. Oh. Well, that's why God gave us gave that, men yeah. two. That's why men have two. But yeah, yep. he 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 ruptured that on a on a calf doing the old bag bump. Oh, I one time I got I think Bert. It was actually right before Snowvid, which was um, this time last year, uh, first in February, and he was still on the bottle, but just at that weaning stage. And he came up behind me, and he did that bag bump with his nose right underneath my left cheek, and mm. it created such a bruise. I could not sit down comfortably for three or four days, and it had a bruise. And at this time, I was in a doctor's office, so I'm a nurse by trade for any mm -hmm. of those listeners, um, but full-time homesteader mommy now, so yay. Um, but so I'm up and down constantly in, in chairs and stools and walking. So I'm like, this is, this is hell. This is, this is purgatory. I'm in purgatory. I'm dead and I've, I'm in purgatory just from 
people don't realize how strong livestock are. They think oh, they're yeah. little, cute little bunnies, but bunnies can still flay you open. I have scars from the rabbits I raised. Um, some of the worst scratches and bites I've ever gotten in my life. One hunting squirrels and not kicking <laughs> them, not kicking them before picking them up. You know, yeah. the first lesson you should learn as a kid is if you shoot a squirrel and it falls out the tree, kick it before you go to pick it up. Because yeah, I had be one sure climb on. Yeah, I had one climb my arm like a post oak one day. But um, rabbits, rabbits have torn me up more than anything because they'll just be so sweet and sitting there and the next moment they'll just spaz completely out. And because they're so strong too. I mean, you think those hind legs, they're they're just. They will fillet you. Oh, yes. But you're talking. I'm sorry. (laughs) The attack Welsh rabbit from Monty Python had some merit. Just. Yeah. The uh, when you were talking about getting getting bumped, um, so I worked in fire and EMS for quite a few years, and I was employed running a clinic at a Department of Defense site as in occupational health. Um, I managed that clinic there, and we had a guy come in. It was on a Monday, so it was everybody was coming in uh, from out of town, and I was getting ready to get off. And the the girl that took over at night, who was also a medic. Um, this guy comes in, he was on night shift and, uh, she goes, I'm finishing up my paperwork for today. The they close the curtain and all of a sudden I hear, Ryan, can you come here for a minute? Oh no, I'm like, good. I'm like, yeah. So this guy got hurt at home over the weekend and just wanted somebody to look at it. And <gasps> so this guy had about a eight inch by eight inch hematoma. <gasps> and, uh, I said, I said, how did you get that? And it was on his thigh, on the back of his thigh. Ask, yeah. And uh, I said, "What?" I said, "What happened there?" And he goes, "I'm telling you right now." He said, "I can barely walk." I said, "Yeah, I can. I can see." And I said, "So what happened?" He goes, "Well, he goes, I got gored by a cow." <gasps> and I oh, was like, no. "Oh, nice." And he goes, "Yep." He goes, "He said I keep about 150 head." He said at the house. He said, and this was spring, so it was cabin. He went to go pull the calf, and mom wasn't gonna have it. He, so he's trying to run to the truck with the calf. And mom beats him there, knocks him over, and mashes her her head into the back of his leg, just rubbing. And uh, yes, you know that was that was awesome. That's muscle separation. That is vascular damage. They need. Oh yeah. So the girl that took over for me, she goes, she goes, what do I do? And I said, nothing. So we don't do that here. He got hurt at home. You know, send him home, and he's like, well, can't you lance it or something? I'm like, no. No, 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 no. I am not draining that. You're no, 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 go. no. Especially but, on a leg like that, because that's either you have so many blood vessels, you can you can actually bleed out from draining hematomas if they're still an active bleed. Yeah, this thing was, um, there was probably a quart of blood in this thing. Oof. I mean, it had turned I, into a sack. Yeah, when and that's when you're like, dude, I, this is almost a surgical issue, but. It's, it's something. Yeah, this the and yeah the the amount of time it takes the the pain the 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 worry. Oh yeah, it's it's excruciating. If anything, just I know if he's got that many cows, he's an active person. So this is the rest time to have to stay and fix oh, yeah. that late for mend is torture enough. Well, that's. that's- a, that's like this weekend. I'm I'm planning to uh, I'm meeting up actually with some other content creators, and we're gonna go out and uh, check out a bunch of horse stuff. And I'm worried to death because I'm gonna be away from the house for like two nights. 
Oh yeah. It's it's like becoming a single parent. I mean, you have children. I don't have any children yet. Yeah. Um you gotta have a husband for that. So yeah. Um is is, but, is that your is that your bid that you're throwing out there? Hey, if if there's any red beards in Texas, let me know. Yeah, I'm all the way in South Carolina. I'm sorry. Must love goats. No Must, I, I, I love goats. Dad used to keep okay. like dad used to keep like seventy at one point in time. Okay, okay. That's, we we had boars though. Yeah, that's what, and see, that's what we, me and my father first started raising when we came to Texas. That was, well, why'd you come to Texas? To raise goats, of course, because it would get everyone off guard. They're expecting jobs, like, no, to raise goats. Uh, You know, you know what, one thing I've noticed in in the goat (laughs) world, not to get off track, one thing I've noticed, so I I grew up with large goats. We had, um, at one point in time, we had boars, and Mm -hmm. then dad started breeding Kiko boar crosses. Okay, yeah, that's really hot right now too. Yep, and well, see, and Dad was doing it before it got hot, so he wouldn't make any money off of it. But it was it just made a, it just made a really nice goat, mm-hmm. and um, then he had a, a nice little herd of just Kikos for a while, and then he wanted to do the dairy thing for because homesteading was getting popular, and then mm-hmm. everybody could keep a calf. This was a few years ago, and so he had a bunch of La Manchas. For they're a while. so weird looking. They the Lamanchas—they don't have ears, they don't have horns. They just—they look. But they're like super—they're super laid back though. They're oh like, yeah. They're like the Holstein cow of of the goat world. But, but one thing I have noticed, and we've had little—I I just call them briar goats. We've just had little That's small it. goats, you know, here and there, floated around. I would rather take a big boar buck that is full of vinegar. Than some of these little rank guys that are running around and will just bash you in the kneecaps. Yep. Yep. I I have one yearling doe that she's actually sold pending pickup, but she's just now started getting where she's up catching attitude. And I, she tries picking fights with the dog. She'll come up and rear up and like, it's never hard. But she'll come up and like, oh, and then just barely touch your leg. I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm getting rid of you because I yeah. can't have this. Like we, you're gonna you're gonna realize that doesn't hurt soon. And when you have a baby, I ain't dealing with that. Yeah, we we got given two boars. Uh, it was a a mother and son, and I really <laughs> wanted the buck as a <laughs> as a as a breeding buck. And the the mother was older, and I was like, well, I know somebody would probably take her. So I get there, and these people are not goat people. They mm. just they just had they bought her from a sale, and then mm-hmm. she was pregnant at the time, and then out come this goat, mm-hmm. and just, he's a monster at this point in time. And they're not doing anything but feeding him through the fence. Yep. Oh, no. So he goes, so how are you going to move him? And I walk in there, and he'll let you walk all around him. I said, don't worry, he's got handles. Yeah. And uh, so that is the plus thing about goats. If you can grab a goat by the horns, and as long You're as good. he. Yeah, once he realizes there's resistance, he's just going to pull back. The chance of him going forward are not very good, and mm-hmm. uh, those hooves don't dig in the ground too good going forward. You can just drag him wherever you yeah, want. Yeah, they don't. Luckily, mine are so small that I can just transport them in um, dog kennels, and that's one of the reasons why I went with a mini or a Nigerian dwarf. That's really what I try to is a Nigerian dwarf, but unless yeah. you're doing registered, you're going to have a little bit of everything. It's just, you know... You pay for purity or you pay for product. It's just oh, yeah. which do you want? Um, kind of like horses. You know, you have you have your grades and then you have your pedigrees. It's just every aspect of it. Well, you know, and it's it's that same way with cows too. And but you know, if even if you don't have the pedigree there, you can still make it work. Like so with Holsteins, yeah. 
you've got a lot of people that are invested in Holsteins for one, they have an endless supply of getting them cheap or free. Mm -hmm. And on the hoof as ground beef, um, they hold value. Oh, yeah. It's actually one of the majority of ground of the ground beef is Holstein because there's always all this crap about how they, you know, when they take the calf away from the mother in the dairy industry and the mother's so distraught. Well, that mama don't care nothing. She's like, okay, pop this out. Where's my food? But those those, calves, like they raise them up typically to market weight and they get finished off just like anything else. Yep. And so I have two heifers and I'm going to take these two heifers and they're going to be bred. Mm-hmm. And then any bulls that come from that are going to get raised up to a thousand pound or so and yep. off the market. Because, I mean, that's what, fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars right there on the hoof? Um, I think right now the sell price is, I mean, it depends on the breed, but I went to the sell barn the other week and it was like a 87 a pound on the hoof. So that's still, yeah. but that's that's still pretty good. I mean, that's almost a thousand dollars if you oh, get yeah. them a thousand or if you process process it yourself that's even better but it's a uh, it's definitely changing times and well i wouldn't even say changing times we're getting back to how things used to be a little bit yeah i don't think a lot of people are prepared for that though no and that's it's not for everybody i'll say that um, social media can have that negative effect of people think, oh, this is just something I can hop into without research and it's going to take me 20 minutes a day. Um, and there are hobbyist homesteaders that, you know, if you just start with a, a garden box where you're growing some herbs or, you know, you got some chickens, three or five chickens in the backyard, that's great. And I encourage people at, if that's where you're at, that's fantastic. If that's what you feel comfortable with, that's fine. You don't have to go and, you know, live off the grid with solar light and, you know, an outhouse. That's, I mean, if that's what they want to do too, go to it. That's not what I want to do, but go do it. Um, but social media can have that negative ex- effect because it can downplay the amount of work and effort and um, just pain in the ass that it is i'm sorry can i can i say yeah, that on yeah here? you could say that okay um because you really have to love it or else it's gonna drain you um but social media has actually been really good for me um because i i've only been recently on tiktok at the time of this podcast recording it's been i think seven months and it's really given me an outlet to teach people and to show what I'm doing for those who might be cooped up in a city. A lot of my followers um, that might be of the older demographic, they're like, oh, I remember growing up with this. And it gives them a sense of nostalgia and they can give me advice. I've gotten many wonderful tips. It's just a great way to communicate with others that like you're in halfway across the nation. I mean, and we would have never met if it weren't for TikTok and my mild horse obsession and your very grievous horse obsession. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, but hey, I'm that way with goats, so everyone's got their shtick. So, you know, we've we've both been on the, the same app doing mm-hmm. social media about the same amount of time and we've both you know acquired a lot of followers how has that 
changed you? Um, it has been a big boost in confidence. I won't lie. Having people that validation. Um, I am an only child, essentially. Um, I am not very social. I'm in a very small town. And so, and for the longest time I was doing home health nursing. So for those who don't know, that means I'm going to someone's home and doing whatever type of medical care they need there. Um, and nursing in general in the medical field is very draining. It's very, very hard on the heart sometimes if you don't have that secondary backup at home to kind of motivate you, to kind of give you that you did a good job today. And um, my family's just not not that way. Every family's different. My family, we're just not built that way. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I live on my own. I'm 27 and I live independently. So it's not like I have anyone else in the house to say you're doing good or to help motivate you when you came home from a 12 hour day and now you got to go do farm chores <laughs> but having people online just a wonderful group of gals and guys that just the real encouragement um and it's been a great second income not necessarily from the creator fund but um like i mentioned earlier i make handmade quilts and I make goat milk soap. So that's been a platform in which I've been able to sell my goods. And now I'm actually supporting myself through those sales for the majority. Um, so it's been it's been a wonderful experience. And I, um, for an introvert, it is fantastic. It's a wonderful way for an introvert to socialize. I'm, I'm starting to think we're kind of the same person. You're just me in female form because I'm an only child. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a farm, small farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just not uh, to the point where I'm really benefiting from social media yet. I have a store. There's nothing in it, though, but I have a store. But you still have your podcast, too. I mean, TikTok actually killed my podcast at the beginning, and now it's bringing it back. Um, I got so busy with TikTok and cow work, it kind of went off to the wayside. But um, you were an inspiration for that, getting the podcast up and going. So I'm flattered. Thank you. Yeah. I'll so, give credit yeah. to it's um you know between between TikTok and the because technically there's four podcasts that I, I do say, yeah. I, yeah I do one with my friends that's uh, an explicit podcast and then that's I do it. I do this one and then um I do a super secret podcast uh, for my patreons. Uh, oh, okay. patrons uh, i don't have any of those yet nobody's nobody no, nobody wants to give me any money um oh, and put, it, um, put up an amazon wish list that tends to work better that's what i need to do do an amazon amazon wish list and um i do a another with a buddy of mine and there's actually another one coming <laughs> um the the round table of mediocre horsemen those oh, episodes I that it. i do on here is uh actually going to be its own its own independent podcast where we could just kind of let our hair down and say how we really feel so oh, okay. and uh so yeah it, it what turned into a single podcast with me and some buddies um a couple of years ago has actually turned into a podcast network so that's fantastic yeah so it's it's yeah that kind of blew up by accident so the, it's it's the things that I found that things that you put your passion into will grow. And so you really have to watch what you're putting your effort and your labor into because that's 
will just magnify. And if you're putting your passion, your labor and your effort into something like a podcast, it's going to blow up. Even if you aren't wanting it to, you're just doing it because you enjoy yeah. it. It's going to, it's going to bear fruit. And I think that's what happened to me was it was, I was doing TikToks for fun. I was doing podcasts for fun. And now <laughs> all of that is, 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 is starting to really grow. Mm-hmm. And it is almost like having a second job because I do have to put so much effort into it. You know, mm-hmm. like when we get through here, I'll probably have two hours in editing. So, you know, I can get this episode out tomorrow. But in a way, it's almost not like working because I'm enjoying every minute of it. And I get exactly. I get to talk with people like you and then I get to talk with my friends on the on the other. And then every week, you know, here I have somebody new just about and I get to talk about the things that I'm passionate about. And I love hearing what other people are passionate about when I when I can look. That's why I always leave the cameras on, even though it's straight <laughs> audio, because I want to look at their face and see <laughs> how their eyes light up when they talk about something that they're passionate about. Mm hmm. Like when you were talking about your goats earlier, like you were glowing. Oh, it's the magic. It's, it's the, the goat magic. magic. It's the goat magic. So advice for anybody who wants to start homesteading. I know you uh, got to have some. I would say don't. Well, first of all, don't be discouraged when things don't work out. That's something that I struggle with as a former gifted kid and getting things done perfectly the right time. I have tried and failed at a garden going on four years now. Um, just from one thing or another, that's hard to do. Goats and gardening, it does not mix well. Yeah, um, yeah that's why sod busters and ranchers never get along, because one can't do the other. Yeah, it's it's definitely, it's, it's a division of labor and specialty. Um, but really just... No matter what stage you're at, homesteading at its core is being self-sufficient. And if that means just growing your own zucchini plant on your balcony porch in your apartment, then do that. Or if it's learning how to can food, that way you have your own little personal food reserve, um, you know, in case bills are tight and you have to you know, hey, we can't go out to eat. We can't afford groceries. We'll eat something out of the pantry. That That's a self-sufficient thing. And those are homestead skills. Um, because homesteading to me, it's, it's not a place. It's not a location. You don't have to be out in the country to have a, quote, homestead. It's a mindset of trying to do as much as for yourself and just being practical about things and being mindful of where your products come from that you know using cloth rags instead of paper towels because you're like wait I can keep using this I can wash this rag but you know if I run out of the paper towels tonight I can't just run down the street at least not here in the small towns where the all the shops close at eight um you know I'm SOL till the morning so just being mindful of what you're doing and how to make it best work for you. Um, Cause there is no cookie cutter homestead. That's something you might struggle with as a, a newbie or an upstart is people might say, well, you're not really a homesteader unless you do X, Y, or Z. And you can just kind of brush it off and say, no, I'm doing what I can at home in this stage, whether it's, growing 
a zucchini plant or whether it's running a hundred head of cattle, it's wherever you're at in that stage um, is the best you can do. So that kind of got long winded. Um, but yeah, just don't get discouraged. Do what you can where you where you're at, and um, you know don't take don't take yourself too seriously. Laugh about things. If you don't laugh, you'll cry. <laughs> Trust me, I've had many nights that are that way. And and get comfortable with with the heartache. Uh, yeah. Because if you're I, if you're not used to, and I say that because I get a lot of people that um like my daughters my they had a friend who had their their puppy died Mm -hmm. and they kept that kid out of school my kids are so used to death your listeners can't see my face right now but it's just like kind of like the what yeah and i guess growing up in this atmosphere we are so are we sad yes we are sad whenever we see anything Mm -hmm. die but when when you have animals it's part of the business and and that's something i think my that actually helped me because i did homesteading and i raised meat rabbits and um you know did a spot of hunting here and there before i went into nursing and so i understood loss in livestock and um you know it wasn't this thing that in america today and much of society death has become something that we don't talk about it stays you know as soon as somebody or something dies you rush it out of the house and you never see it again it's become very sterilized um and separate from life when life and death it's one giant cycle and i remember one year we lost 70 percent of our kid crop so we had like 45 dead goats like this our babies for ended up being a parasite problem because it was a bad year and we got out of boar goats next year for it but that's devastating not just because you're losing the potential life but just the financial burden the loss of time the effort that's as a homesteader and as a rancher that's what upsets me is is just that cumulative loss as well as you know no one likes a dead animal it's not it's not fun but it's definitely something that kids need to experience i think because which is easier to teach them about life or death when you have a chicken that's no longer laying eggs and you're moving on to its next purpose or when nanny or papa die like it's just where do you want them to learn their lesson yeah and and my kids have learned that and it's it, and it's almost to the point where you know you don't want emotionless kids but you know when when we lose something around here they're just like oh they'll come dragging it up by one leg hey we need to do something with this and that's and i think that's accepting that's you yeah. realize the loss but you also realize that okay there's a job to do we got to we got to take care of this yeah you know it's um <clears throat> like we lose a chicken chickens <laughs> I, we had a turkey one time perfectly healthy went in on the went in to their enclosure to be put up that night sat down laid down and keeled over mm-hmm. just just like that i mean it, it happens chickens and, lie to you they'll be fine one moment and dead the next everything yeah. else be like hey i'm sick but chickens and birds mm, no nope. they just they just they just croak and so we you know we we usually burn all our birds mm-hmm. um and you know larger stock like you know or goat stuff like here pr- pretty much this property through the years it was in my family and then down to me there's probably not 
but a handful of square feet around here that something isn't buried. We we have a boneyard where we just drag them all off, and so I'll go pick through the bones on occasion. But it's just, that's the boneyard, and the coyotes yeah. come and take them, and it's part of life. Yeah. So how can uh, how can folks reach out to you? Where can they find you social media wise? If they want to buy some soap, check out your podcast, all that good stuff. You can find me at on TikTok at ETX, like East Texas, ETX Goat Witch. You can find me on Instagram as Lady Nerd Liz. I'm updating that, but um, Lady Nerd Liz. I also have a Facebook page called Fox Run Farmstead, which at this point is pretty much just TikTok videos imported over there. Um, and I think that's it. Yeah. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Oh, and my podcast, which I hope to feature you on soon when we can schedule another interview. My podcast is The Lone Stead Podcast, just like homesteading, but alone. So um, I'm sure you can put the spelling in your show notes. And they can can find that anywhere you can get podcasts? Yes. I'm working on iTunes, but everywhere else it's it's available. iTunes takes a minute. Yes, it, it does. Uh, I had to submit like three times, and then finally. Okay. So. so. Don't get discouraged. That's what I'm learning here. Okay. Yeah, do not get discouraged. It'll show up. It will show up. Uh, the majority of, yeah, iTunes and Spotify are going to be your, probably your two mm-hmm. biggest. Um, so, with that said, Liz, the East Texas Goat Witch, thank you so very much for coming on today. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Liz is just a fun person to interview. It, she's prepared, she's on point, and it, it makes for an easy interview, and it also makes for a short interview because she is, she's is she got it together. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, I will leave all of Liz's um, social media down in the description for this episode. And uh, stop by, buy some soap, buy a quilt, help the gal out. You know you want to. I now have a Patreon set up. That's right. I'm I'm selling out people. I have a Patreon. No, the reality is is this does take a lot of time and it, it does take a lot of effort along with my other social media I do, plus this podcast and other podcasts. So if you are interested in giving back and it doesn't matter in one amount, head on over to my Patreon. You can find a link to it in the description of this episode. Also on my other social medias like TikTok and whatever, there's a link tree and there's a uh, link to it there too. Um, you know, $5, $15, $10, it doesn't matter, a dollar, whatever you want to give. And you're going to get some pretty cool stuff for that too. So um, you're going to get to vote on uh, upcoming uh, videos that I do. You're going to get to vote on uh, podcast subjects. You're going to get uh, a, a super secret chat only in Patreon where you can you can talk to me. At, at another level, you're, we're going to have Patreon-only Q&A. So you're not fighting with a bunch of other people on live stream. It's just going to be patrons, and we're going to do Q&As once a week um, on Patreon. So you, you can come in and ask me whatever you want. Also, at the, the highest level, 
you can actually get one-on-one time with me. That's right, one-on-one time with me. You can call me. We can do a Skype. We can do a Zoom, whatever. You want me to help you go through your horse's registry and figure out some of those other horses in there? We can do that. Doesn't matter. It's your time. So if you're interested and, or just, hey, if you're just interested in just wanting to help me out, pop on over to Patreon. Help me out. It, trust me, it'll it'll help. It will help a lot. So enough poor mouthing. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Hope you guys have a wonderful day. And I will see you next week. <laughs>